0: As he's pressing, as he's pressing, receive it. So don't, as he's pressing in, receive that pressing, amen? It's kind of like kneading dough, right? It's going to work. You're going to have to be kneaded. We're more needy than we like to be kneaded. (laughs) K-N-E-A-D-E-D, amen? Amen? a good group this morning. No summer slump, amen? amen. But I got to tell you, I, I was uh, disappointed this morning and last week, we had no baptisms last week or this week, so some of us aren't doing our job. Seriously, what did I say? I want to, I'm kicking y'all out last week so y'all can go win souls. So how many of you had an opportunity to witness last week? Every hand ought to go up. Yes, you're walking about life ought to be, uh, I'm witnessing, because your life is a witness, amen? amen? So sometimes we just don't recognize that what we're, where we're going, what we're doing, that people are watching us, people are watching you. So, uh, yeah, Aaron, you yeah, was, Erin, she was praying this morning and talking about authority and his name, and I don't, I didn't even broadcast what I was preaching on today, so God's always good about confirming things. And... Um, i <sighs> got a point in here where I, I know my wife's going to come share, but I don't think it's yet, so be ready, okay? I'm going to have the mic ready just in case, all right? Because God is doing some things in all of our lives. He's, He's doing some things. So uh, be aware of what He's doing. I told the, the, the safety team this morning, they were gathered in Diane's little office area, and they, they speak and they share things before they go out and help watch their watchmen on the wall here and watch ladies on the wall. And I said, I know we have the natural, our senses, and we're watching with our eyes. But I just pray that you'll let the supernatural take over, that you'll see in the spirit thoughts and things that the enemy might tra- be trying to do to do. Last Wednesday night, I'm telling you the, the, the message from, on our minds, our right brains and left brains, and doing things logically, and having many Christians, we fall back into the logical mode instead of being in the creative side and the trusting side and the faith side. We, we fall back into logic so many times, and we all do it. We make, oh, that's a common-sense decision. But, you know, as we got through with that message, and many people were touched. I mean, how many guys, y'all just received... Some people just walked out of life. That changed my life. So, yeah, don't discount Wednesday night. And look, there's 75 people here Wednesday night. I don't know what you're doing on Wednesday night, and I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just saying we have something good here every Wednesday night. Amen. And you might find something better to do. But I'm telling you, if, if it's not kingdom, if it's not God. I'm going to suggest Wednesday night be a great place to be. Thursday night we have corporate prayer here. Uh, we don't get enough. We don't have enough prayer covering us if we're going to go to the next level. Wow. So you know, Jim and Martha. Have, uh, God's called them to lead this prayer time on, on a Thursday night. And I know everybody's busy. How many of you are busy? Oh, all you didn't raise your hand. I expect you here Thursday night. You wouldn't believe how many people were not busy. I thought everybody was busy like me. It's only one hour. And I'm, it's, seriously, it's just one hour. Uh, Larry Lee, remember the book Larry Lee wrote? Some of you do. Can you not tarry one hour? You know, the disciples went to sleep, and you say, man, can't you just stay awake for an hour? (laughs) We all think we can stay awake for one hour. We could pray for an hour, but come on, guys. I'm encouraging you this morning. Be a part of what God's doing here. Some of you, you've been talking about working down here on Fridays. I'm going to come down there one of these days. I'm going to surprise them, and I'm going to help with the food pantry. But you haven't done it yet. And I'm going to challenge you. We find time for everything we want to do, but let's find time for what God wants us to do. Isn't that a better option? Yeah. See, I got three or four come come-ons. That's the people that are already coming. You know? It's like when you preach on giving, the, the, the people that give, amen, praise God, do it, it brother, pray it, say it again. But the people that don't like to give, hmm? They come back there if he's preaching on giving. I don't want to be a part of that. Why do you think that is? Pre- I, hey, prayer and I, you know, prayer, I, don't, I haven't seen God do much in prayer. Wow. Mary Lou, I want you to share about prayer in relationship to Billy Faye. And I'm going to embarrass her I've been embarrassing people today. I want you to share that story, just that one right now, and, and about prayer. And if you don't think prayer works, if you don't believe prayer works, listen, when we're going to go pray for somebody that's sick and you don't believe prayer works, don't come with us. Right. Get out of the room. That's why Jesus said, man, get you out of the room. We're going to raise this girl from the dead. If you're not in agreement, get out. (laughs) I believe in the power of prayer. Come on, baby. Get on up here. See, we're not old enough. We need help up the stairs yet. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I was thinking maybe Billy Faye should share it or
1: Blenda. Awesome. Yeah. I was thinking maybe Billy Faye should share it or Blinda because Blenda shared the testimony with me this week. And I was like, man, that was so beautiful. Y'all, I believe that we are fortunate enough to be in a in a group of people where, where we really are believing believers. We really believe in the power of prayer. When we pray, we, it's not under our own strength, but we know he is the one who answers the prayer. So that's why we believe in the power of prayer. Pastor, I want to say I thought the worship was phenomenal today. Yeah. And it was an honor and a glory to the Lord, to the King of Kings. And I thought about how many times we sang Alleluia. And so many different songs, but y'all, that's, he's, he's worth yes. our praise. It's hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, pastor and I had a dream. I remember years ago, I had my little hand raised this high and someone said we were Pentecostals and they didn't mean it in a good term. <laughs> and we had a dream that we would be with a body of believers one day that would worship him in spirit and in truth with unabandoned passion. And I'm privileged to be a part of that. And to look out, I can't see everybody where I'm at. But to see your faces in your abandonment in worshiping him is really really beautiful. And I thank him for that and for y'all. So this is the friends of ours, Tom and Julie Houston. Julie has gone on to be with the Lord now. But uh, they were our department directors when Pastor was teaching Sunday school, and I was working in the preschool department in a denominational, in church. A denominational church. And Chloe and Billy and I and Pastor, we went out. When we found out that Julie uh, was battling cancer, the Lord opened up a supernatural way for us to go and visit and pray and anoint them with oil, and we knew this was very, very foreign to what they believed, but it was our privilege to go, and I had found a book that Julie had given Harold and I when I was digging in the garage one day, and it was healing scriptures for today, and so we called them up and said, we want to return the book to you, and yeah, they had given the book to us as appreciation for Harold teaching in the class, and when I found it, it was the open door that we went, and we went by faith, And through the years, and she lived many years, we bombarded her with prayer, even though they stayed in their denominational church. That's what kingdom is, guys. They don't have to go to this church, right? But so this is the email that Tom had written, and Julie ended up, uh, I think the cancer had even gone to her back, and she uh, had back surgery. But it says, several months after Julie's back surgery, in around early 2013, we were driving to Dallas for a doctor's appointment and Julie still struggled to walk, but with some difficulty was getting around on a walker. We were on I-20 east of Ranger, and she had a noticeable shiver go through her, so noticeable that even I noticed, and she told me that something had just happened, but she did not know what. She said her back and her legs felt looser than before, and a while later, we stopped in Weatherford for a stretch. And with some anticipation from what had just happened, she got out of the car. And she still needed the walker, but stated, something is different. I feel better. I can move better than when I got in this car. And this was a turning point, which eventually led her to being able to walk without the walker. So the next day, we arrived back home, and the answering machine is blinking. And as you might guess, it was your mother, or Billy Fay, calling to see how we were doing. That's Blinda's mother, because this is written to Blinda. And our answer machine, it was a prayer for Julie's healing. And we began to weep as we noticed the time stamp on the machine was the same time that Julie felt that shiver go down her spine. What an awesome prayer warrior. down her side. <laughs>
0: <What an awesome laughs> so if you doubt that God hears your prayers he you don't, don't doubt him we're not we're not he's not restricted to mileage he's not restricted to oceans time zones he's not Um So when you think, well, my prayer didn't mean anything, you don't even know. Matter of fact, you start thinking, you start believing my prayer did mean something, because I'm not praying to an empty uh, something in the sky. I'm praying to the King of kings and Lord of lords who hears me, he loves me, and wants to respond to me because of his love for me. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to uh, Luke chapter 10. We're going to continue, surprise, 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 we're going to continue the Kingdom, kingdom of God series, because Ron told me to, now, God told me to also, so that was confirmation of the Kingdom of God, and we're going to talk today about Kingdom Authority. I know we've talked about this through the years, but it needs to be fresh in your mind today, Kingdom Authority. Last week, remember, we're going to finish up where we started last week. Uh, Jesus had commissioned how many men to go out? 70, thirty-five couples, thirty-five men in teams of two. Now, this was not the original twelve. This is after they had been commissioned, and he asked them to go out and and to share the gospel. And he said, "Go live with people." But he said there was a, there was a process to it. He said, "I want you to pray that the Lord of the Harvest would that he would send out harvesters and." Because the fields are widened to harvest. And so he said, I want you to go out. I want you to not take anything with you. I don't want you to be distracted by people that you meet along the road. He said, I want you to go out in prayer. I want you to trust me. He said, trust me to, to provide everything you need as you go. And he said, I want you to bring peace into these homes where, and where there's no peace, where they reject you, wipe the dust off your feet and keep going to the next place. Don't don't hang around for for people to just keep rejecting and keep rejecting and keep rejecting. The gospel just move on because there's a lot of people that want to receive the gospel. So he said, I want you to go and prepare because I'm coming after you and I need to go and I need to have that soil tilled, okay? I need to have that soil prepared for me to come and preach the gospel and do the signs and wonders and miracles. So that's what Jesus did. And then in verse 17, it says, When the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy. Telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. So the first thing I want you to see about kingdom authority is a kingdom authority comes with with this great name, the name of Jesus Christ. It's the authority in Jesus' name. Now the first thing, if you remember, he said, when I send out the seventy, I'm sending you out where, like sheep among wolves. Right, and he sent them out. Guess how many came back? All seventy. See, sometimes we think, oh, well, God, he's going to send me out. He's not going to protect me. Listen, he sent them out He said, you're going to be like sheep among wolves. But he said, I got you. If you will trust me, I've got you. Some of you are waiting for God. You, you, you're, you're afraid to step out into the calling or the ministry or, the, or that witnessing or that testimony that he's got for you because you're scared, you're afraid. And God says, perfect love, cast out all fear. And so you need to know the love of Christ. You need to know the protection of Christ. If he's going to send you out, if he's one that's sending you, he is going to protect you. Amen? Amen. It says we are saved for our good works. He's already prepared beforehand. In other words, He's got people waiting for you that need to hear your voice. They need to hear your testimony. And listen, He is going to protect you in that. Amen? But we, they went out in Jesus' name. I remember back in 2009, Mary Lou and I, wanted, we had, I'd never been to Washington, D.C. It was one of, one of the things on my bucket list. I wanted to go to Washington, D.C. I love American history. I wanted to see the I wanted to, But you know what I really wanted to do? And they'd pretty much stopped doing it at the time. I wanted to go to the White House. I want to go inside the White House. I mean, how, how many of you never been to the White House? Unless your house is painted white. Okay, as most of you. I wanted to go to the White House. George Bush was the president at the time. And, and so we found out, oh, Harold, it's really hard to get into the White House. So somebody mentioned to us, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Kat. I don't know. But they said, you need to contact, uh, Repres- uh, is it Senator Conway? Is it Senator or Congressman? Congressman Conway, Mike Conway. They said, you need to contact his office and maybe he will get you in there. So. We did. I, I, caught, I did all the proper. I did all the things necessary. Got in touch with his office, with his secretary. She said, "Yes, I, I think we can get you into the White House, but we need this document from you, from your wife. We needed your, we need your passports. Your, we need it. man, they needed almost like needed blood for us to get in there, you know. But we, when we got to DC, guess who? Guess where we got to go? Because we knew somebody. We knew Congressman Mike Conway, and he said we could go to the White House." And guess what we did? We went to the White House. Not many people were there when, when our little group went in there, but we got to tour the White House, and we saw this guy. Oh, we saw this guy, and he was he was a Secret Service agent. Man, those, those dudes are they're big. I think most of them are. This guy was big, and he was standing there, and there was a roped off area, and he was standing there like this. He had the little headset on, and he takes that little velvet rope and moves it back, and tells this couple to come on through, and then he clicks it back. So I'm just looking at the guy and going, (laughs) uh, what's the deal? Uh, Are they special? I mean, why do they get to go through the the rope? And they you know what they did? They walked over to the window. I said, Hey, I like to see what they're seeing. (laughs) And so he gave he had the authority to open the little velvet rope, click. Okay, you two, you can come on. Click it back. We walked over to the window. This is pretend this is a window. We're looking out there. We saw President Bush. With his little dog, and he was putting on the putting green. I said, Oh, cool. (laughs) Guess what? If I would have tried to go over there or climb under that rope, I probably would have been shot. And Mary Lou, too. Because we didn't have the authority to go there. We didn't have the authority to get in the White House unless Mike Conway said, I'm going to let you in. Say, I'm going to teach you. The Bible teaches us about the authority that we have. And we do it, what we do with what these 70 do, did, and what we are to do, we have the same commission. We have it because of this name that we carry. This name that goes before it's the name of Jesus. He is the one that gives us the authority to do what we do, and it's in His name. I can't go and do it in my name. Listen, I can't heal anybody in my name. In the name of Harold, rise up and be. No! That even sounds weird, doesn't it? Unless your name is Jesse and you want to go to just, just Jesus. I can't do that. You can't do that. We can't do it in our name. So we have to do it in his name because he's the one that gives us that authority. When you go to Acts chapter 3, if you want to flip over there, you can. The the scripture will be on the screen. When that crippled beggar, remember after the day of Pentecost, it was Peter and, and, and John, they were going to the synagogue and there was this man who was crippled from birth. And, and, he, and they said Peter said when they, 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 they said I, we don't have anything but here's what we do have. He, he wanted money. he would just been sitting there begging I, I'm sure Jesus had walked by him many times because he was at the gate beautiful, the same place that Jesus had to walk by many times in his life. but see God had a, a, a purpose and a destiny for that day for this man for as he was saying, alms, 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 give me you know we'll work for food, what He couldn't work for food but he said, I want some money. And Peter looked at him. Look at verse 6. Peter said, I don't have any money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. My money can't do it. My name can't do it. I don't know. Listen, there's only one who can do this, and it's by the power of the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. How many of you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? If you're one of those people that when you walk, you have this authority because you carry His name. He lives in you and you live in Him. Sometimes we just forget, man. We just forget. Do you know who He is? You ever get pulled over for a speeding ticket and you think, Oh, I've got a friend down at the police department. Listen, my buddy down there, he'll get me off this. Well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. I don't think police officers like to hear that line anyway. You know, the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That applies here. Some of you think, I don't know how to pray for somebody to be healed. Do you know Jesus? He didn't ever pray any fancy prayers when he healed anybody, did he, Pam? Matter of fact, most of the time he didn't even pray. He's so connected to the Father, and the Father said, that's the one. Touch them. Put your hands on them. Oh, she's dead? Tabitha, rise up. Walk. You're okay. Go get something to eat. That was his prayer. Sometimes we get, whoa, in the name of Jesus. You know, we start going and we start, and we think we need a 30-minute prayer for somebody to get healed. He said that we should lay our hands on the sick and that what? They would recover because of the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. You know, after, he, after this man was healed and everybody, all these people were like clamoring, they were like, oh, man, we got to get near those guys. That, that's, that's a good thing. But they, they, got, they wanted to get near them because they would, thought they were gods. They thought they did the healing. And look at what Peter said in verse 12 of Acts 3. With a crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them all, people of Israel, listen to me, why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you just stare at us? We didn't make this cripple man walk by our own power or authority. Again, isn't that reassuring to you? When you, Listen, it's not our power or our authority. So it takes, the, it takes the responsibility off of us when we pray for somebody to be healed. That's a good thing. Right? All right, go down to verse 16. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man. In Jesus' name. Say, in Jesus' name. Jesus. Has healed this man standing before you. It is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name. Say, Jesus' name. Jesus. That has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. You know what? He didn't just walk. Man, he kicked up his heels. Man, he was, pr- it said in, in one, one translation, he was jumping and shouting. I man, can you imagine? Crippled from birth? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. How many of you have a vocabulary that can say, in the name of Jesus, be healed? How many of you can utter that? It's not impossible. He just wants us to believe that it's true. By faith in his name. By trusting in his name. Listen, we, well you can say you're a Christian all day long, but he wants you to believe that you're uh, who you are. He wants you to believe who he is. He wants you to know that he is the healer, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. We could go and all, we could take this trail and teach about healing this morning, but God says I, they need to know about the authority before they can actually go out and become who I've called them to be, to lay their hands on the sick for them to, to speak, and the demons would tremble, and te- demons would leave. You know, it's kind of funny, but uh, in, in, in Mark, I believe it's in Mark chapter 9, the, 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 the disciples are arguing about who's the greatest, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. They were just really, they were just men. They, they, were, they were human, they were flesh, they had, fle- they had flesh. And they were like arguing, who's going to be sitting at his right hand, who's going to be doing, that? who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, Jesus overhears our conversations. He overhears our thoughts. And so he's going, okay, let me, i got to deal with this with these guys. And, and then he says, listen, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you're going to have to be the least. You're going to have to be a servant of all. And I'm, I'm sure they were like, man, that's not what I wanted to hear. I, I'm your beloved. You love me more than the rest is what John was thinking. You love me more than you love my brother. And I know Peter, he's always shooting his mouth. up. Like, you got to love me the most, Jesus. So I guess I be, I'm it. I'll be at your right hand. So they were arguing over this, and, and, and so Jesus kind of corrects them in a loving way. So John, after the correction, John changes the subject. How many of you like to change the subject when it gets a little uneasy for you? It's when your spouse starts telling you some things that you did not want to hear. Um, and you use that, you change your tone. Oh, baby. <laughs> baby, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take care of that. <laughs> uh, can we talk about something else? We did that, we changed the subject. So I think John changed the subject. This is what John said. John spoke up and said, Teacher, we noticed that someone was using your name to cast out demons. And didn't he sound like a little little tattletale? That's the word. <laughs> There's a lot of people talking about casting out demons. So we tried to stop him because he wasn't one of our group. It's kingdom. He wasn't one of our group. Well, we can't go to that prayer meeting. They don't pray like us. They don't look like us. They don't act like us. And God says, but they're my kids. They're just a little different than you. I, I can't be a part of the clarion call because they're inviting Catholics. Oh, God forbid that there should be Christians among the Catholic faith. Come on, church. I know you might be, well, there aren't. Yes, there are. My goodness. They just don't think like we do. They haven't been taught like you've been taught. And you know, we can point out all their faults, but you know what they can do? They can point out our faults, too. We don't have it all together. Last I checked, I'm fallible. You fallible? Everybody in here fallible? Okay. Okay. So this is a kingdom conversation Jesus is having with his disciples. Sometimes you you might have missed this little conversation. He said, don't stop him. Jesus replied, for the one who does miracles in the power of what? My name, Jesus' name, proves he is not my enemy. And whoever is not against us is for us. See, we have this mentality that we've got it all figured out. We're, we, we we got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues. we got it all figured out. Listen, I can, I can point out people that I know speak in tongues that operate in absolutely no power. They never lay their hands on anybody. They don't pray for the sick. Oh, but I can, I've got my prayer language. Yabba-dabba-doo. <laughs> I don't give a rip if you've got that, if you're not exercising the rest of the gifts that are so important in the body of Christ. You can pray in tongues till the cows come home and sit there and not do anything in the kingdom. He said, push them out. The harvest is right. Get them out of your church body. Get them out of the building so they can reach the lost and quit making fun and and judgments against other Christians. We're supposed to be one. That's what he wants. I'm not saying we have to agree with them, Okay. We don't have to agree with them doctrinally. But if they believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins, He's the Son of God. He was born of a virgin. That He died on a cross. And three days later, He was raised from the dead. And He ascended to the Father. And He sent the Holy Spirit back to the earth to inhabit His people. And that He's, he's the soon-coming King. He's coming back for us. Listen, if they believe that, I can get on board with them. All that other stuff, it's important. But it ain't going to keep me from fellowshipping with them. It's not going to keep me from, from praying with them. Until we figure that out, guys, we'll always just be this group and that group and that group and never the twain shall meet. Whew, got it fired up. You see, God's kingdom is big. It's bigger than us. We need to figure that out. That's what I love, one of the, th- one of the things I love about the food pantry, man. You go down there, and then, not everybody's from Freedom Fellowship. we got people from other churches. <gasps> really? You know, just because we, we don't have to stamp our name on everything to be kingdom. Matter of fact, we, we need to quit stamping our name on things to be kingdom. I'll never forget they asked me to lead the national prayer thing at the Gord at the House one year. They didn't ask me again, but <laughs> they didn't. And I said to the guy that was always headed up, I said, well, I, if, I, if I do this, I, I want to do it a different way. And he said, well, okay, that's great, because I, I love the guy, and he loves me, and so we're good. And, and he said, well, what, what do you want to do different? And he said, well, usually we have the pastors come up. You know, that's really when the, usually the pastors show up, so they get in that photo, that one of your, once your photo, like, we love each other. And, and uh, I'm just kidding with you. Kidding. Or maybe that's true, I don't know. But uh, I said, when the pastor's, Come up to pray, and they would always have pastors come up and pray. They would, they would have such and such, I am such a, I'm Pastor Joe Brown from the Sandhuvian Church. Of the, you know. they, would just start, they would start telling what church they're from. I said, if they come up, let's don't let them say what church they're from, okay? Because they don't need to know. Because immediately people start dividing things up. I remember one year, and it worked. It was great, because, except for one guy, he got there late, and he would got up there, and, man, he started spilling the beans and messing it up. Oh, I'm so suffering, church of such and such. And I thought, oh, please, man, don't. It's not about your church. It's about the kingdom. <laughs> we are talking about the kingdom since we began. And I remember the year that we were going to do get backpacks. There was a lady that wanted to do backpacks at the River State. 1,500 backpacks. And we, I was a part of the, the, me, the group that met and we were organizing and how are we going to do this. And so we raised all this, these funds. We got all these backpacks. And then once somebody said, hey, we need everybody to wear their shirt from their church so we can distinguish which churches are there doing the work. And I said, I got, I got, I got a suggestion. What's your suggestion, Pastor Harold? How about we get one shirt for all of us? And there's no church name on it except Jesus. And you know what? They bought into that. <laughs> Except one church. One. There was always that. One church. They set up their little booth with their sign, with their name, and we we got the prayer tent here and it's alright. And I thought, no. That's, what, that's where the, that schism comes, that division comes. We're not promoting freedom fellowship. We're promoting Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, Peter didn't say, I go to such and such church. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. So we got to be kingdom-minded, and then that's the mindset we've got to start moving with and, and, uh, and working and acting in. Okay, let's move on. I, I've already got stuck there too long. Uh, and then verse 20, Jesus has this great reminder in Luke chapter 10, okay? Yeah. I think. No, 18. Yeah, 18. See, when I, when I get excited like that, I lose my place. Anybody ever lose your place? Okay. Thank you. All right. They come back and they say, we've, well, we've seen demons. They have left in the name of Jesus. Man, they're all excited. Jesus says this. While you were ministering, I watched Satan, Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. I love this. Kingdom authority. That's number two, kingdom authority. See, a lot of people look at that verse and go, I don't have a clue what that means. It says, Jesus said, I watched Satan topple until he fell. Like he's seen it happen while we're out ministering. And, and here's the deal there's no time constraints with jesus he's the god of yesterday today and tomorrow he said he was and is and is to come he's the yesterday today and tomorrow god there's no time constraints with him so what does that mean he saw satan topple like 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 he is falling from heaven and hitting the earth like lightning well there's a lot of different thoughts on that here's what the thought i had was every time he sees us have a victory Every time we have a victory and we step in the authority that God's given us and we trample on the enemy, it's like Jesus said, there he goes again, you know, oh, he's, just falling from, he's falling every time. And so we need more and more victories, and Satan just keeps falling and falling and falling. And when he falls, we get to do what? Trample him under our feet. Stomp your feet a little bit, okay? Oh, he's probably like laughing at y'all. Step up, stand up, and let's stomp our feet. And just imagine, use your, your God imagination. The enemy is under your feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Who gave you authority to do that? Wasn't me? Yeah. Jesus. He said, I've given you be city. He said, I've given you authority to do that. He is under our feet. He's the, he's the tail. He ain't the head. We're the head. He's the tail. And once we understand, we have this amazing authority. See, Satan has power. Y'all know that. He does have power. But it's limited power. It's a limited power. He he is on the earth. He is here now. He has not been doomed to hell yet. Matter of fact, I don't think he's ever been to hell, but he's going there one day. Then God's going to lose him. I don't know why, but he's going to lose him. Then he's going to send him back for for eternity. I understand all that, but I know that's in the Word. But he says, we have the authority here and now to trample on the enemy. Amen. So next time you think he's winning the battle, listen, just go, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Jesus is going, yep, there he went again. <laughs> there he went again. I saw him, he saw, he, he is, listen, he only is victorious when we, get, when we let him be victorious. That's why it says he... He seeks whom he may devour. We have to give him permission. We give him more permission than we should be giving him. Amen, right? And we don't need to be giving him permission at all because he is under our feet. So he sent the disciples out, and they come back and say, man, the, the enemy is under our feet. We've, we're, we're casting out demons. And, and Jesus says, you will trample upon every demon you, uh, before you and overcome every power Satan possess, every power that he possesses absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in his authority. Have you ever known somebody that had authority, but they they didn't use it? How many of you ever had that that teacher that you could walk over? Anybody? Yeah, everybody had that easy teacher. She was afraid of her class. Right? I hope you're not one of those teachers. (laughs) Did you want your kids to love you? And when you want them to love you, then you're not a very good teacher because you don't want to discipline them. And and they they just, you know, we we find a way. Listen, children will find a way to work things out, to get under you and through you and around you if you don't use your authority as moms and dads. I get a witness. That's why when I, when I counsel, especially couples that have been divorced and they're bringing kids in and the other side's bringing kids in, man, we have to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. How are you going to discipline these kids? Well, I'm just going to let him do it. I'm going to let him. Uh, or, and the, when the kids get out of, out of order, well, then they fight in front of the kids. And guess what? The kids are going, oh, boy, I got them now. I got them now. See, that's what that's what That's what Satan does. He sees this church going against that church and this believer against that believer. Well, you're offended and they're offended. And he's just going, he's licking his lips like when i the openings about to come and I'm going to bring division. That's what he does. But God's given us authority. Say, I have authority. I have authority. I'm going to read you a scripture from Matthew 28. Many of you know, it's a great commission. You might not have ever heard it uh according in, in the passion but I love it it says then jesus came close to them and said all the authority of the universe has been given to me who gave him the authority his father his father said i give my son the authority all authority has been given to me in the universe now go in my authority say authority Another word for authority there is power. Go in my power. Go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The same authority that God gave his Son, now Jesus is transferring to his disciples. What are you? His disciples. What am I? We're his disciples. He has given us the same authority. We have his name. We have Holy Spirit. We have the power and the authority to do what Jesus did. You know what we have to do, though, church? We have to recognize it. We have to know it. That's why I'm preaching it this morning, so you'll know it. When you walk out of here, you're not going to be blindsided. You know, the Bible says he's like crouching at the door waiting for you to leave church. I know they've had some good praise and worship this morning. I can hear it on the outside, and, and I know that preacher was preaching his heart out, and he is preaching the word, but I can't wait to get out. I can't wait for them to get out here when, when, the, when the, the difficulties of life hit them or when the kid cusses them out or when they want another hit. I mean, I can't wait to get a hold of him. That's what he's waiting for. But when you walk out today, guess what? You're going to walk out like an army that has authority. you got the uniform of Jesus Christ on. He says, put Christ on. That's our uniform. I think it was Abe. Was it Abe out in the street today? How many of you want to stand out in the middle of the street without a police uniform on? I don't. He has authority. All he has to do is this. All he has to do is that, right? Stop. And guess what most people do, not everybody. (laughs) Honey, didn't you see the cop? (laughs) No, baby. (laughs) Supposed to stop, right? They probably need to wear the white gloves. I don't know. But he has the authority because he's wearing it. Now, I don't know. I don't really know Abe that well. He might be a horrible person. (laughs) But he may be a great person. I don't know. But when he puts that uniform on, I know who he is. Right? Right? And we respect the uniform, so we respect the person that's got the uniform on, and we stop. And then when he says this, we go. And then when he blows the whistle, we run. <laughs> 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 when the lights come on, we get sick at our stomach. <laughs> Isn't that the heart mother worst thing? Yeah. Woo! Oh, man. In the name of Jesus. Verse 20, yeah, mercy. But there, here's this really awesome verse. You need to get this one. He said, I know you're excited about what's taking place. I know when the demons came out, man, I saw Satan fall. You guys are awesome. Then he says this, however, your real real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority. Here it is, listen but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Woo! Somebody else say, Pastor, read that again, so I'm going to. However, your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority. That's good. That's awesome. He said, but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. So what he's saying is, you can say a lot of things, but if you're mine, if you're in my kingdom, that's your authority. That's all you need. You're a citizen of heaven. So we can do some things because of the authority, just because we're his kids. If you got a problem with that, take it up with my daddy. Really? Don't we need to say that sometimes? If they get mad at you, hey, you just need to take it at my daddy. Well, who's your daddy? God. (laughs) Oh, okay. Backing away from you. They might think you're crazy. I don't know, but hey, he's my daddy. He's my Abba. He's my Father God. So we have this joyful authority. Number three is we have a joyful authority. That's recognizing that we belong to the king. I want to ask you a question, and then we're going to move on to the next point. When's the last time you rejoiced over your salvation? The last time that you just got a God, I'm so thankful that I'm yours. I am not perfect, God. I messed up last night. but Man, I'm so glad that your mercies are new this morning. I'm so glad I'm in your kingdom. I'm so glad you live in me and I live in you. You know, when David messed up royally, I mean, he really messed up. Committed adultery, had her husband killed. I thought he was getting away with it. And then in his repentance, and I think it's Psalm 51, he says, restore to me. God, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Some of you today, you're not joyful in your salvation. You're grumpy. You're not nice to people. And you should be going, man, my name is written. Listen, Chris, your name is written in red. In the love ink of the blood of Jesus Christ. Your name is written in the book. That ought to make us joyful. That ought to make us thankful. That ought to take Mr. Grumpy out of the picture. I know we all get grumpy sometimes, but listen, just think about if you're not in the kingdom of God, where you would be today. Verse 21, then Jesus, I like this. It's the only time in the Bible that talks about Jesus being overflowing or full of joy, filled just... in in, in his language. Then Jesus, overflowing with the Holy Spirit's anointing of joy, exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation of this authority from those who are proud, those who are wise in their own eyes, and you have shared it with these who humble themselves. Yes, Father, this is what pleases your heart in the very way you've chosen to extend your kingdom to give to those who become like trusting children. The fourth thing is that we have this authority, but it's a humble authority. Say, humble authority. 1 Corinthians 118. You don't have this one, Lisa, so don't look for it. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Humility is so key when we're, when we're stepping into the authority of God. We don't do it with pride, arrogance. We do it with love and humility, but 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 for God, for His grace, there goes I. You want to pray for somebody that's sick? Thank God that He healed you. And then you go humbly to them. And you pray for them to be healed. You leave the results to God. You do it with humility. God resists the proud, but He gives grace, grace, grace to what? To the humble. And if you're not humble, He will humiliate you. You know why? Because he loves you. Because that pride is the, it keeps us away from God. It keeps us out of fellowship with God. It keeps us out of doing the things that God's called us to do. When we think that we're accomplishing something, it gets into his glory, man. He don't like you taking his glory. I remember Pam, where's Pam? Pam guess. I'll never forget this. And you might not have remembered it. We were meeting in the Christian Action Building. There we were about 25, 30, maybe not that many. We had a little keyboard. And Jeff playing the guitar. He didn't play very good then. <laughs> and That's true, isn't it? He was getting better and better. But he worked at it, bro. He, he worked at his craft. And I didn't preach, I didn't preach very good either, I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm sure we would look like what in the world? Who are you guys? You know, we bought these little chairs from the office supply and we had a little stage. We still use that stuff. We, I told you last week we were good stewards. We still have those chairs. <laughs> and we still have that little stage just in the ER, right? That's part of it. And we had pigeons over here cooing in the in, in a cage, real live pigeons. <laughs> we had Billy Big Mouth Bass and one of the kids would always Mark Mark we know this, he'd always go hit the button for Billy Big Mouth Bass and and what was the song he would sing? Take Me to the River. Yeah, he's Take Me to the River. And that would be during a, I'd be preaching, you know? And and then we had, Charles and Pam said, we, we're not into Christmas trees. And when they walked in our building, Christians had actually had seven Christmas trees set up. <laughs> and so here we were, we were reaching out to the, the poor and, and the drug addict and the alcoholic, and we're still doing that. And Pam came up to me and, she said, We came because we saw your ad, and the paper it says we could come as we are. We can wear jeans here. And I said, Yes, ma'am, we can wear jeans. I have my jeans on. She said, You know what? I'm going to pray for you, Pastor. I said, Bring it on, ma'am. What do you want to pray for me? That you won't become prideful. <laughs> I was the one, Prideful? Are you kidding me? Look around you. And the restroom stunk, and uh, it was a stinky place. It was a, and really, and Mary Lou and I, we just, we just laughed about that don't be prideful, I said, I think God will keep me humble, but I, I receive that, and to this day, I, I've always, we've always acknowledged that we didn't do this, we had a hand in it, we partnered with God, but we didn't do this, if we ever try to take credit for what he's doing, uh, Randy Clark, we're reading a book by Randy Clark about breakthrough healing, is it called breakthrough healing, R- Randy Clark, if you don't know him, you need to look him up, this dude's awesome. He is a healing anointing, and he's so honest. We, we said everything we want to be, we want to be transparent. We want to be genuine. We're not going to hype things up. We're not going to, oh, God's moving here, and he's doing this, and we're not going to make up words of knowledge. You know, you can make up words of knowledge all day long. You can prophesy out of your flesh. Did you know that? Oh, I just see that God's going to, he's really doing something in your life. Right? You're going through some troubles, aren't you? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can do that. You can, you can make all that up. But we said, nope, mm-mm. We're going to be genuine, be authentic. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to push anybody down. We're just going to be genuine, authentic. And God says, I want you to stay that way. I want you to not to be prideful. Well, and Randy, I've got to get back. Randy Clark has written this book, and I'm not going to quote it because I didn't, I didn't look it up, but I want to tell you the gist of it. He says, when you pray for people and you do it in the name of Jesus, and you do it with humility, it's awesome. But if you do it and somebody gets healed and you think you've done something, he said, are you ready to take credit for the people that don't get healed that you prayed for? That's a real eye-opener. Hey, man, they, remember, see, they came back. The demons, they, they, they ran at the name of Jesus. And he said, hey, wait, 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 guys. Slow down. That's cool. That's awesome. I don't think Jesus said that's cool. That's awesome. But that's great. But just remember, your real joy comes and your real authority comes because your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Not because you're successful out on the road. So don't listen when you go out and witness, and they turn you down, and they reject you. They're rejecting Jesus. I said this last week. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the God in you. You put on the armor of God. You get your clothing Christ. Verse twenty-two. We're about to quit. About to finish. And some of you, I know, we do two-hour services. And uh, uh, hey, if you can't take two hours, just come at eleven. You'll be welcome. I would say come at 10 and leave 11, but that would cause a lot of commotion. So I'd rather come at 11 and we'll be all right, okay? No judgment here. Some of you are, wow, (laughs) come at 11, baby. (laughs) But you'll miss, oh, you'll miss a lot. Verse 22, Father, you have entrusted me. Ah, man, with all that you are and all that you have, no one fully knows the Son except the Father. No one fully knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to introduce and reveal the Father to anyone He chooses. You need to hang on this one. When Jesus was alone with the twelve, He said to them, he got it, kind of got His He's close to Him. He said, you are very privileged. Say privileged. privileged. Blessed. Blessed. Fortunate. Fortunate. Okay, that's what it means. You're very privileged to see and hear all these things. Many kings and prophets of old, and this should get your attention. Many kings and prophets of old long to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given everything to hear the revelation. Say revelation. They would have given everything to hear the revelation that you've been favored to hear, yet they didn't get to see as much as a glimpse or hear even a whisper. All the prophets of old, the seers, all the great people, the kings, the judges, man, they didn't get to hear. They didn't get to see what you're seeing. And we're included in this group. We're included in this. He said, because he said, greater works are you, that you're going to do because I go to the Father. And that's why he said, because I go to the Father, I've got to give you authority to do the things that I was doing. And I'm giving you that authority. Because my dad said, I could give it to you. So the last thing I want you to see is the privilege of kingdom authority. Sometimes I just, I think we all do this. I think we all do this. Sometimes we just get into the take it for granted mode. Amen? We, We get into the take it for granted mode that I'm, a, I'm a, citizen of the king, a, a citizen of the kingdom of God, I'm a priest and a king, I'm loved, I, I have favor with God, I, I'm the healed of the Lord. We've, we forget all these things He says we are. We just forget about it. And so when we forget about that, we forget about the authority that we have as we walk, as we go about and move and have our being in Christ Jesus. We forget that He's the provider. We forget the, all the things that the, He's privileged us to have. That's, what, that's what's wrong with a lot of Americans. We're just so privileged, we still have the freedom to come and worship without somebody, without fear and that somebody's going to come in and disrupt it. And so we take that for granted, but we should never take that for granted. We should never take for granted the blessings that God has given us. The privilege of kingdom authority. It's, it's something that the people look at and say, Man, I wish I would have known that. And we do know it. You've been taught it. You heard the word this morning. He's revealed himself to you. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what he said? The father said, son, I'm going to reveal you to this person. I'm going to show them you. And then you saw Jesus. You accepted his forgiveness. And you stepped into the kingdom of God. Now he said, now I want you to keep stepping. I want you to walk. I want you to understand who you are in Christ. Kingdom authority. You know, with kingdom authority, as we close, And ministry team, get ready. With kingdom authority comes kingdom responsibility. Say responsibility. You see, a lot of people, they don't want the authority because they don't want the responsibility. That's why people aren't healed. That's why people aren't getting saved. That's why you don't see miracles and signs and wonders. Because people don't want to to participate with that. They just want to coast on in and slide into heaven like they're sliding into second base. I don't want to slide in. I want to go and stand before the Father. Do you? When he says, well done. You understood it. You got it. Because of you. Hundreds and thousands and even millions have come to the kingdom of God because you said yes to Jesus. I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the, the heritage, I'm talking about the generations after you that you're going to affect because you stepped into your authority as a Christian, as a kingdom person. And don't fear it because He is going to be with you through it all. Just stand. Ministry team, come! You know, last week we had a mass exodus. I want to encourage you not to get up and leave in mass because you're, you're, you're. We have people right now dealing with life and death issues. We have people maybe in this room right now that have, have thoughts of suicide. We have people in this room right now that they have been battling something. Their family's about to fall apart. They've got a prodigal son or a daughter that's out there. We have people that have been diagnosed with certain diseases, and we think, oh, I'm just going to saunter your own out because I need to get home. Listen, this is serious business right now. This is serious business right now. So, Father, have your way right now in the lives of these people that are in this building for such a time as this, whatever their need is, Father. I know you can meet it. And Father, we pray this in the name above every name. The only name whereby man can be saved, we pray it in the name of who? Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. If you need prayer this morning, we have ministry team at the front. We have ministry team at the back. I'm going to encourage you to step out and come right now in Jesus' name. Step out. Step out and come. We want to pray for you. All these people, they can't wait to pray. They want to pray for you. They love you. They want to pray for you. Some people don't like to come forward. That's why we catch you at the back. We have people to pray for you at the back. You know, some people, they delay plugging into a church body because of fear. You know that? Because if they if they well if I join that church, then they're going to expect me to do something. No, God already expects you to do something. Whether you're part of this church or any any you're in the kingdom. If you know Jesus, you're already in the kingdom. He's expecting you to move in the authority He's given you. Step out and come. Step out and come. We want to pray for you. We'll take you to a private room so we can pray for you. You don't you're not going to be up here where we will make a, a show of it or a scene of it. We want to pray for you in private. That way we can sit down with you and share with you, speak life to you. Anybody else? We got two guys up here. A lot of times men are the most prideful people of all. I don't need prayer. I'm good. And God says, now today, as an act of humility, I, wanna, I want you to step out and come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's take these guys and pray with them. This guy right here to my left, he didn't have his uniform on. He's not a constable right now. He is a lover of Jesus. He has Christ on, and he wants to pray for some man here today that really needs a touch from, from heaven. He wants to pray for a man here today that really are a couple that needs a touch from heaven. That's what he does. He deals with people every day that have lost everything. He told me of a, a certain issue this week. I'm going to just share this with you while you stand and, be, and just listen. And, and I'm not going to reveal anything, Randy, so just don't be worried. But he revealed to me this week, he said, Pastor, I've got to go and evict somebody from their home. And I know that's got to be one of the toughest jobs in the world. But then he told me, This person, I'm not going to say male or female, but this person at one time had it all. Fame and fortune. Fame and fortune. You would have thought, man, they've got the best life. But they went the way of the world. And they thought the world could continue to make them happy because happiness comes with our circumstances, right? And so they were happy for a time. But then they got off track and began to really go after everything perverse. And he had to go and say, you can't live in this mansion anymore. He had to evict him by law. We have laws. He had to evict him by law. I say that to say this. We need Jesus. You, you can think whatever you're pursuing right now is making you happy. But if it's not Jesus at the top of the list... Everything else. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. Say kingdom of God. kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then these other things that he, he knows are good for you, He'll give to you. So if you're in that place this morning, you need prayer. You want people that will pray for you. It's a backup prayer of people. Step up. Oh, Jerry and Jan are down here. You need some backup. There we go. Backup. Thank you all for being patient. Thank you for just waiting on the Lord this morning. Joe and Tanya would love to pray for you. I just feel like there's a couple here this morning that you're struggling. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of this. Maybe it's over children. I I don't know. Maybe it's over children. But y'all need some wisdom. You need some wise counsel. They've had five kids, so they can give you some wise counsel about children. They probably... would tell you that they learned a lot by the Hard Knocks University, but they've learned, and they've done it with the grace of God. So if you're a couple here, and, and, and maybe it's just one of, the, one of the parents that's here, and the, the other's not here, but there's an issue with children in your home, uh, I think Joe and Tanya are supposed to pray for you this morning. And you know what they're going to do? They're just going to bless you to hear from the Lord. Just wanna, they're going to give you some wise counsel this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, you can be the best parent, and your kids can still go off the tracks, right? You can do everything right, and the, they'll just they'll get off track. And that's when you just have to persevere. You've got to continue to pray. You've got to continue to seek the Lord. Stand on the authority that God has given you. Amen. Will y'all just be seated for a second. As we close this morning, I want you to really take seriously the fact that we have life groups. Some people go, eh, that's not for me. How do you know? How do you know? So we have these sign-up places. are there. way, Nathaniel. See that? See our drummer over there? He's standing at that table. Now, I know it might take you a while because of the lines, but all those sign-up sheets are over there. And we would love for you to... Because when you get part of a life group, you get to know people that you might not have ever known before. And you'll find out lifelong friends. You'll, you'll find out, you'll start some friendships there that you never had before in the church. And so if it's whether it's art or dancing or healthy eating, whatever it is, or if it's your marriage, whatever it is, we encourage you to become a part of a life group this fall. It starts in September the 18th, okay? When we dismiss, I want... See, a lot of people go over there and then sign up and then go out there and tell the world about Jesus Christ. Amen.